Hey everybody, Jim Kerr here. Uh, sorry for that uh, brief delay. We had some technical difficulties, but we're ready to rock and roll. Today, my guest is Rob Salafia. He's a McGraw-Hill author, a storyteller, an MIT master executive coach. But really, it's his work in helping leaders in developing executive poise, presence, and influence, which makes Rob the perfect guest for this episode of The Indispensable Conversation, where we explore this essential question. It's sort of a question of the week for leaders. And it's this, is executive presence just another overhyped business catchphrase? Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm glad that we were actually able to make the call happen. Talk yeah. <laughs> about composure under stress. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I'm really uh, happy to be able to, to host you here on this episode. Rob, you know, let's jump right in. And I'm going to hit you with that first question. Is executive Perfect. presence just another overhyped business catchphrase? What what say you? You know, it, it's an interesting thing. So, when a friend of mine said to me, uh, we were at a leadership conference and she pauses after we did an exercise and she looks at me and she goes, my boss just told me I needed to improve my executive presence and walked away. And she let out a sigh and she was exasperated because she had no idea what the guy, what, what the person meant and what to do about it. And I think that happens a lot. It's a catchphrase that people don't really understand a lot when they use it. It's sort of uh, the intangibles. You know, it's like it, it's not the, the tangible things. I see it as how someone shows up, mm. the impact that they have on the people and the environment around them. Think about it like experience. It's how people experience you. That means energetically, physically, vocally, emotionally relationally. It's how they experience themselves when they're with you. It's the story they tell about you after you've left the room. Mm. Now, those are all impressions. And so how do we control those impressions? So that's well, really the matter. And my background is in theater and performing arts. And these are things as actors and performers we've been working on for, for our whole lives. Right. And it's a science that's been going on for centuries. Right. So it's not something new, but in the business world where we're told to show up in a particular way, that's where the problem comes in. Well, you, you know, one of the things that I find kind of interesting about the whole notion of executive presence is it's really hard to measure. Right. It, it, you know, there, it, because as you say, there's intangibles there and it's sort of a thing where its beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I may walk in and, and see the same person you're looking at and we may have an interaction and then the person walks out and you and I are talking about it afterward. And you might say, wow, that guy has great presence. And I might go, really? You know, I thought of him as a blowhard and sort of an egomaniac. Think of it like this. Have you ever been in a meeting with someone that you truly respected that, you know, you were you were you felt fortunate to be able to be in, in a meeting with this person and they gave you their full and undivided attention. They gave you their eyes. They didn't look over your shoulder. They didn't look at their watch. They didn't like seem impatient at all. Yeah. They just felt totally comfortable and willing to spend that, that they made you feel 
like you mattered, that your mm. voice mattered. Mm-hmm. If, if you've been lucky enough to have that experience, you know it's palpable. That's mm. not intangible. That's real. So when someone gives you their full and undivided attention, that's presence. Mm. But, it, yeah. but it's I, I, I mean, I hear where you're going with it, Rob, and I and I am not one to really, you know, uh, ever say that executive presence doesn't matter. I, I don't feel that it does. But because it's sort of this vague management competency, I guess I wonder, you know, how much emphasis should, we, should an individual really place on this stuff? And it's something that can be learned, of course, right? So, you know, I, well, well, think I just of it, kinda, like this it, it just kind of makes me feel a little uncomfortable because yep. I feel like, you know, is this a is this a show or is it actually yep. authentic? Yeah, yeah, there you go. But when I talk with one of my clients and they say, okay, here's this group of rising talent, top talent. And she said that the number one deficit keeping rising talent from ascending to the executive levels is executive presence. Mm. You have to say, well, there has to be something there. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, you know, look at it like this, under stress. So just before, just so everyone knows, before we got on this call, I take a <laughs> lot of pride in the, in the, let's say, my virtual presence. I've been working on this for a long time. Mm-hmm. My camera, my setup at home. Now, I'm working off of my laptop right now because – Five minutes before we were getting on the call, my computer just fritzed out. My, my camera was working. I, I had three coaching calls today already. Everything was working perfectly. And then just before the Jim Kerr conversation, <laughs> everything fritzes out. And so you and I were like going, okay, I've done this before. I have the backup to the backup. And we were trying to get it to work. Now, I'm right now holding my laptop because I have a certain picture that I want to create that I've created in my background. That's mm-hmm. a real background mm-hmm. because I want to create a certain impression. So I work mm-hmm. at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's composure under stress. Mm-hmm. It's realizing that we'll get there. Right. You can control what you can control. Yeah. And there's no, there's no, it, it, it's like no one's life is in danger at this yeah, right, point. Right, right, you right. know, it's like, yeah, absolutely. It's just technology. So yeah, right. that, that means, that means I have to take myself lightly, my job seriously. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to get into some of the characteristics that I think lead into a stronger executive presence. And certainly, sure. uh, you know, being able to handle stress and stride is one of those characteristics in my book, right? I, I yep. really respect people that demonstrate an ability to have grace under pressure. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And yes. some of the conversations we've had in the past, I thought we were always kind of talking about some of those key elements that make, you know, leaders exceptional, you know, and that would certainly be one of them. But before I go there with a question, let me let me get back to the authenticity thing that yeah. I was sort of hinting at a minute ago. You know, do you think someone's overarching emphasis on, oh, I've got to make sure I improve my executive presence or I won't get promoted, you know, to the to the point you were making earlier with the one of your clients, you know, can that lead to us being phony? I mean, what, what, okay, what do you okay, think that, about yeah, that? This is a, I have a great story. So a couple of years ago, I'm leading a program for Ernst & Young, uh, the valuation group, 80 consultants 
in a room for a full day. We're talking about the smartest people on the planet, at least in their minds. <laughs> and so, and so before the day started, there were four senior partners, and I, I asked them, you know, would one of them be willing to step on the stage with me and sh and and do an exercise with me? So this one fellow raised his hand. Now you have to see this guy, six foot three, two thousand dollar suit. This guy was impeccable. I mean, he was just like, you know, manicured everything. Right. And so I, I said, okay, what I'd like you to do is to share a story, something, a project, something that you're working on mm -hmm. that's incomplete, that you do not, you know, that, that you're, you're struggling with. Gotcha. He hesitated for a moment and then said, fine, I'll do it. Comes on, takes a suit coat, suit coat off when a time came, you know, loosens his tie, gets up in front of everyone, shares a story. Finished. We did the exercise. It worked great. End of the day, he comes up to me. He says, Rob, can I talk to you? I said, sure. He goes, thank you very much for inviting me to speak today. I said, why? He said, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm. You see, for 20 years, I've been developing a professional persona, this veneer of invincibility mm. that I had to have all the answers and that I couldn't show any sign of weakness. Mm. I actually thought they were going to laugh me off the stage today. Mm-hmm. And I said, if it, and, and he said, he kept going. He said, if we're going to solve the problems what we're struggling with right now, it needs, we have to drop our guard. We mm -hmm. have to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to say, I don't know, and enlist the best mind. So, in other words, create a, an environment that draws out the, the best from everybody in mm -hmm. that room. Yeah. That doesn't create an environment where people feel. And this is something that people I, I can ask anyone in the, in, who's listening right now to say, have you ever felt or you've been in a meeting where you held your tongue for fear of dot, 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 mm -hmm. retaliation, um, you know, retribution, or like, like that, that you would be attacked if you were to challenge the status quo? Mm -hmm. Finding your voice is really important. Mm -hmm. if, if you say yes to that, that's essentially a dysfunctional environment that you're working in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, let, let's take a deeper dive into some of the characteristics that people sort of generally, you know, uh, associate with the term executive presence. So I want to start with gravitas. Okay. <laughs> and I, I'll just so we're on the same page, because we may have differing points of view on that. I, I'm going to define gravitas as sort of the sum of the parts that, you know, are charm and confidence and, and kind of what you radiate in, in your demeanor. That, that would be how I would define it. Let's talk about that. What's your, how important is that? So, so right now I'm working with a, a, a senior leader. I've known her since she was, I was working at, at Harvard Business School. This is a senior consultant. She's working at a very large nonprofit right now. And she's primarily an operational leader. Uh, she is, she gets it done. Uh, she can be you know, she has two sides of her. She's extremely warm, but when she's at work, she tends to be an executor, right? She tends to be very stoic in a lot of ways. And so right now what we're working on is this thing of vocal presence and also mm. the art of landing, I call it. This is this idea of being comfortable in your own skin, maintaining composure under stress so that you don't go into, yeah, you know, like, you know, she doesn't get into a freezing or you know, her, her, her brain doesn't lock. Right. Uh, so we did the breathing exercise. I have one called Breathe, Connect, Land. It's sort of based on box breathing exercises at Navy SEALs practice. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's you take a breath in, you connect with your balance, you breathe out and land inside of yourself. So it's self-regulation technique. Yep. And then we were working on a technique that actors train on. This is you breathe in, speak out cadence. And if mm. you notice, when you get stressed, you tend to hold your breath. Mm. When you hold your breath, tension arises. You feel under threat. Cortisol gets secreted from your amygdala to your prefrontal cortex. All of a sudden, your visual, your peripheral vision starts to decrease. Your peripheral thinking skills decrease mm -hmm. so that you're, you're, you don't have access to your best thinking. So breathing exercises can really enhance that and open, open yourself up. But this idea of instilling confidence in others, you take a breath in and then you speak out when you breathe out. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, when you speak with a vocal cadence, you're able to land the words in people's ears. They're able to hear the words. They're able to digest them. And that pause is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like and aren't comfortable with that pause. Mm -hmm. But that pause, the way it's experienced by other people, the ones that are listening, is very powerful. Mm-hmm. It actually pulls attention to you. Mm -hmm. So these are techniques that actors have been training on for years. But if, And I work with a lot of leaders that have to go up, let's say, in a pharmaceutical company where they have to go in front of investment decision-making committees, and they have to instill confidence. The worst thing that could happen under direct questioning is all of a sudden they start to stumble over their words. Mm. They start to um, – er, uh, yeah, and they start to hedge. All of a sudden, all the confidence in that audience just goes right, right down, sure, like a barometer. Whereas, right. whereas if under that direct questioning, they take a breath in, they say, great question. Let me see if I have this correct. What I think right. I'm hearing you say is they repeat it. They're buying time for their mind to come up with the best answer. Mm -hmm. They take another breath in. They land that message with their audience. It instills confidence. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, a technique. Yeah, so I mean, this could be this could be used for good and evil sure. too. So you have sure. to realize. That. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's go on to the next one. You know, I want to play around again with the sort of some of the characteristics that people tend to associate with executive presence. So, gravitas was one. Appearance is another one. Let's talk a little bit about that. How essential is that? In regard you know, to having executive presence. Uh, so I'm going to say this. I'm not going to talk about dress. I'm not going to talk about. It, it's like authenticity. I, I talk with a with with a with uh, with an early career person that said, "I want to be authentic." And they would dress down. It was almost like they were in their pajamas. It's like <laughs> there's a sense of there's a sense of authenticity, but you have to read the room. Mm. You have to read the situation and be mm -hmm. appropriate and be comfortable with what you're walking into and so you yeah, don't like have to dress to the nines but you have right. to be of an acceptable level so that you can be accepted within that culture so it's mm -hmm. all always how you show up in the context of your role and the environment within which you operate sure yeah you know I, i'm one that uses that very deliberately you know you'll see the the Robert Graham shirt, right? That I wear, and I and I wear them all the time in these podcasts and these video things because it's kind of part of the brand. And but 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 what I'm really trying to do is project that notion of 
I can look this way. I can be a little different because I think a little differently. Yep. And also I can pull this off because I'm going to actually get some things out there that you may want to actually listen to and buy into and so on. And then does it matter what shirt I have on, you know, if it was a button down with a, a, a great, you know, Brooks Brothers tie, that's, I'm sending a message there too. That's and right. You, and you see it. I mean, there's guys that only wear orange and there's guys that only, you know. <laughs> well, again, in the context of your role in the environment, it's right. like the, 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 the fellow that I worked with from Ernst & Young, who was, you know, the $2,000 suit, the manicured, everything, right. uh, you know, in full in place. But he said to me, this has always been uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Sure. This is the way I thought I should act. Right. Now, in, in coaching, we always said, don't should on yourself, mm-hmm. right? Should <laughs> is a word that you have to be very careful right. of because yeah. then that means you're living up to someone else's expectation. Right. So that Let's sense get... of authenticity comes out of, it, it comes out of this. There's an internal self-awareness of executive presence and an mm-hmm. external self-awareness. Mm-hmm. The internal self-awareness is your motivations, your, your values, um, your experience, sure. you're feeling comfortable in your own skin. The external self-awareness is the impact that you have on others in the environment. Now, here's a story. So when I was a performing artist, I mean, I was a, you know, I was an accomplished tap dancer. I was a rope and wire walker, storyteller. And I'll tell you some stories about that. I wasn't always, I mean, I'm really good at it, but it took me a long, it was, you know, the 10,000 hours. Sure, I had that sure. experience, 10,000 hours. And then all of a sudden something clicked. I'll tell you a story about that. But when I started <laughs> as a, the top was a top sales executive in a boutique training company for 12 years. Now, when I started, I was a grinder. I love, I was on the phone. I mean, we sold, we were on the phone. I'm selling, I'm building relationships, but I wore this face all the time. When I went down the hall to go get the, um, uh, to go to the printer, I'd still wear the face. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I was making myself more important everyone else less Mm. important Mm. and that I was a bit of a jerk. Mm. And it wasn't until a friend of mine said, Hey Rob, do you know you're wearing this face? (laughs) Totally unaware. Right. And so she gave me a quote from theater. She said, think of it like this. Every exit is an entrance to someplace else. I wasn't so much leaving my office as I was walking into the common space. How did I want to show up? Right. How did I want other people to experience me, to experience themselves? Right. So now this is the discipline that I like from the arts and theater is I knew how to practice this mm-hmm. every day, 10 minutes or every time I, I, I wrote it down for two to three weeks. Sure. Every time I left my office, I said, how do I want to show up? What's the message I want to send without saying a word? That's executive presence. Right, right. The messages well, that you're saying, you know, with your face, your body language, all of those things. Let's it's not what it, you say, but how you say it. Let's get at that. I mean, and that's sort of the third sort of characteristic that I think a lot of people use when they talk about executive presence, and that's posture and body language. Riff on that for a minute or two for our audience. So I always laugh. The picture in my mind is coming. You ever see those those websites of um, of consultants and everybody's folding their arms and they're looking really tough. You know, it's like, and I always laugh. I go like, dude, it's like, what kind of a message is that sending? That's sending a very, you know, it's a, it's arrogant. 
it's closed, right. it's not open. Right. And so that's a message you're sending without saying a word. Mm -hmm. And so opening up your arms sends a message. You know, it's vulnerable, it's a vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about your energy, how you show up energetically, thinking about your body language and posture, how, what's the message you're sending without saying a word, mm -hmm. thinking about your vocal presence. Mm -hmm. In other words, behind your intention of your words will tell you, like if you wanted to warn someone, oh, I don't know, it comes out in your voice. Mm -hmm. If you want to calm someone down, then it comes out in your voice as well. So it's not just a flat monotone. You hear that a lot with finance leaders. They say, I'm so excited about this new initiative. <laughs> Here you go. Dude, yeah. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> right. Right. As I try to stay awake through the rest of this meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me, let, let me shift gears a little bit. We talked about some of this already and I said that we would get back to it. And I, I want to talk about some of the things that I do believe really do, do help you build presence. And it's part of my coaching too. So I work with it and have worked with it for many years with hundreds yep. of clients on, and I know it works. All right. So, so one of the one of the ones that I think is, and you touched on it just now, it's that firm grip on your own abilities and weaknesses, knowing yourself. Let, let's talk a little bit about that. Again, it's an imperative in my book. So, so knowing yourself. Let, let, let me take this in a very different angle, okay. and uh, and for your audience, you know, I have the. I'm happy to share an article I wrote on executive presence, and also the first chapter of my book. Mm -hmm. and in the book, I talk, the name of the book is called Leading from Your Best Self, mm -hmm. and it's based on some work. It was, a, it was a, an assessment that I, when I was working at Harvard Business School uh, with them, they did it, this assessment called the Reflected Best Self. It's out of the University of Michigan's Center for Positive Organizations, and it's a strength-based positive psychology approach uh, where you're getting feedback from other people about how they experienced you when you were when you showed up in that as the best version of yourself. So it's an, it's in narrative form. Mm -hmm. And so getting feedback on that is very important. So I do an exercise where I ask someone, you know, to, it's like the woman I talked to, I talked to the, the, the one that, that said, um, you know, my boss told me I needed to improve my executive presence. Mm -hmm. So I sat down at lunch with her and I said, um, okay, tell me the situation. She said, well, very different styles. This other person, she's really tough on me. And uh, when I get in front of her, I feel all the confidence drain out of me. Mm. My, my shoulders get weak. My voice gets weak. And I have a big presentation coming up in two weeks. And if I don't get this right, I'm going to be looking for another job. Mm. So I paused and I said, you know, I, I empathize with her. And I said, tell me a time when you felt in your best self. You know, like, like when you really felt like it, this, is, this is you at your best. Mm -hmm. She pauses and she said, I play flute. Now, whoa, interesting, right? So interesting. So I played. I said, stand up and show me what it looks like. So she stood up, you know, in, in, like in the posture of holding the, her, her, her flute. Everything changed in her. Mm. And I let her stay there for a minute. I said, how do you feel? She goes, this is like home for me. Mm. It's like I feel confident. I feel my feet under me. Mm. And she said, we, I wasn't just a player. I was, I was in a marching band. Columbus Day Parade high school marching bands, we won every year. And I ran the flute section. She said, and I was tough as nails. <laughs> so she's like, I, I said, it's not just when you're playing that counts, 
we have to stay in sync even when we're not playing because mm. that's where the judges take a quarter point off here, there, right. and it's the difference between winning and losing. Yep. And so what, what she said was she had this posture of confidence. I called it a signature stance. I said, what about your voice? She goes, not to worry. We were taught to play to be heard. I said, can you switch that to speak to be heard? Mm. She had a mindset of excellence. And she also always had a piece of music in her mind that got her into a good emotional state. So that was her sense making to remind her how to show up. She used that. We made a plan of action to use that as coaching tips mm -hmm. for a couple of people that were coaching her. And I was delighted when she called up afterwards and said she rocked it. Yeah. That's and the woman great. actually came up and shook her hand and said, great job. Yeah. That yeah. that is presence in action. Absolutely. You know, and today just on LinkedIn I I posted some stuff around self-talk. And it's exactly. it, 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 it's uh, amazing how much of a number we do to ourselves between our own two ears. You know, it doesn't take a tough boss or a bad leader or or a, a team that's less than exceptional to make that happen. It, it, it's our own way of talking to ourselves and the way we, like you say, show up. Let's talk about one more um, sure. strength that I think leaders need to develop. And we haven't really talked about, we sure we talked about, you know, grace under pressure. And I think we're both on the same page on that, but let's talk a little bit about communication, communication skills. Cause I think that's mm -hmm. sort of in my mind, anyway, the third leg of the stool here. Absolutely. What's your take on that? How well, I mean, you know, talking that? about executive communication skills, um, where I like to start with people is, and I, and I have a couple more stories to share with you about this, but um, it's, it, it, it's preparation. Mm. It's not so much about what you say any longer. It's about how people hear what you say. So let's say, uh, let, me, let me share a story. So I'm coaching the president of a local bank here in Boston. I helped him on a presentation to 500 credit risk officers. We went from zero to 60. I mean, we, I, I got him into, to, to be an incredible storyteller. And it's really funny. But anyway, he hired me. You know, we were coaching for about two and a half years. He brought mm. me in to work with this team. Midway through the day, he said, I have to go North Shore of Boston we just acquired a small bank, 30 people, and I have to go in and talk to them. And I said, well, what are you going to say? He said, well, I'm just going to tell them the nuts and bolts about, you know, you know where. And then I paused. I said, have you ever been in that position before? He said, oh, you want me to tell a story? I said, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just asking you, have you ever been in that position before? He goes, I got it. Yeah. He came back. <laughs> and I said, how'd it go? He goes, big smile on his face. He goes, I stood up in front of him and said, thank you all for being here. I can only imagine how you might be feeling right now. As a matter of fact, I know exactly how you're feeling because 15 years ago, I was sitting in your very seat. Right. I was part of a small bank. We were just about to acquire another bank. A day later, we were gobbled up by this big company. Mm -hmm. I walk into the office. I'm greeted by someone in a uniform. They give me a cardboard box and a pink slip. Two minutes later, I'm in the parking lot with that box. I have no idea what to do. I have a, I have a two kids under four years old. I have a big mortgage. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Mm. He said, right now, 
you're part of our bank. You want a job, you come and talk to us. If you want to move on, you come and talk to us. We'll make sure that you get settled properly. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. Mm -hmm. That's what our values are. And that's, that's our word. That is good leadership. That is executive presence. Yeah, you know what, Robert? I, I love that story. And in fact, I think it's the one we're going to end on today. I just, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I think it's uh, it's been a, a wonderful back and forth on this. And uh, like you, I'm a big fan of executive presence. And um, I think we hit all the main points. Is there one that I missed? Is there one, one more thing that you want to make sure the audience gets before we say goodbye? Well, the things that I like to cover is, you know, the presence internal and external self-awareness, authenticity, purpose, connection. It's about authentic connection. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing. When someone says to me, how can I connect better with my audience? I always say to them, think about it another way. How can you allow your audience to connect better with you? Mm -hmm. So that means showing up with a bit of vulnerability, mm -hmm. with opening yourself up to them. So that happens with good storytelling, with thinking about your audience before you speak to them, thinking about what their fears are, their concerns are, meeting, meeting them where they are and taking them to where they didn't even know they wanted to go. That's, that's wonderful. That's a great, great close. So thank you, Rob. It's been terrific. And I look Thanks, forward Jim. to I look forward to more uh, exchanges with you down the road. And hopefully I won't have to be holding my laptop the whole time <laughs> jiggling around. Yeah, it was a little shaky, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, my friend. All right. Thanks, Jim.